Good evening and welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in the Loop. My name is Pastor Ben Adams and we are so grateful to have you with us this night. As we always do, we want to make sure that we extend a warm and generous welcome to everybody gathered here tonight. And we welcome you because Christ has first welcomed us. And we welcome you no matter who you are or where you're from, no matter the color of your skin or who you love or marry, no matter your gender identity, your age, your documentation status, your ability, your voting record, even how you feel about organized church or religion, or especially right now, church on Zoom. We pray that this is a, a space and a time for you uh, to experience God's presence and mystery in your life altogether anew. So as we always do, we want to welcome the body of Christ gathered here this night on Zoom. So I invite you at this time, uh, if you feel comfortable, to turn on your video camera, as well as to go into gallery view in the upper right hand of your screen on Zoom, and give each other a wave. Just say hello as we welcome one another in this holy space of worship here tonight. We extend that welcome to one another. And as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I invite you to just take a deep breath. As we begin with our confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that, attentive to your word, we may confess our sin, re receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In silence, let us confess before God the harm we have inflicted in thought, word, and deed. In silence, let us confess before God the good we have left undone. In silence, let us confess before God the evil done in our name and with our quiet approval. Oh 
God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness, that your good news may be made known to the ends of your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when God blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, the one who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name because God is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? 
The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The Lord does not faint or grow weary. The understanding of God is unsearchable. The Lord gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Corinthians. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this. That in my proclamation, I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jewish people, I became as a Jew in order to win the Jewish people. To those under the law, I became as one under the law though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessing. Word of God, word of life. 
Thanks be to God. gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening, at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, when it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As a result of the South Loop Community Table, the in-person weekly meal that we serve to our neighbors experiencing homelessness. I was able to have my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine earlier this month. And it filled me with hope that one day, maybe even as early as this summer, we would finally be healed from the devastating COVID-19 virus. Ultimately though, healing from the virus itself is only part of our battle. Because after all of the loss we have endured, there is no way to heal or bring back the 450,000 plus Americans that have died as a result of the virus, or the 2.3 million people that have died worldwide. The unfathomable loss brings with it another need for healing on an individual and collective level. And it begs the question, how can we heal after such loss? Camille Wortman and is, is an emeritus professor of psychology at Stony Brook University and an award-winning expert on grief and bereavement. And she says that the main strategy for helping one another heal from grief is just to show up and to be there for each other. This is obviously complicated by the fact that just showing up or being there for each other is risky, given that the pandemic is still ongoing. But Wortman says this, it's best if you can actually physically be there, but if not, you can still convey to the person that you are there for them. In our gospel today and in our second reading from 1 Corinthians, showing up for people is exemplified by Jesus and 
extrapolated upon by Paul. So let us first start by looking at what Paul said. And it's not a perfect analogy for healing from collective grief because Paul is much more concerned about winning over people and saving them. But Paul, in his problematic way, is trying to encourage us to show up and meet people where they're at. In Paul's own words, he says he has become all things to all people. And that, to me, it seems pretty unhealthy at best. But if we can translate those words into our own situation, maybe we could say that even if we haven't personally experienced loss as a result of this pandemic, we can empathize with those who have. And then together, we can collectively bear witness to our collective loss and begin the process of healing. I think that's what it means to meet people where they're at, as Paul says. And maybe Jesus' example in the gospel of showing up for people is even help, more helpful for us to develop a healthier understanding of what it means to show up. You see, in the gospel lesson today, it picks up from last week when Jesus is in Capernaum and he was in the synagogue casting out demons. And now he is with Simon's mother-in-law and many others who were sick with various diseases and he heals them. Jesus here shows up for the people of Capernaum. But Jesus can't be all things to all people in this particular moment. So he retreats. It says, in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. This personal retreat of Jesus causes Simon and his companions to hunt for Jesus. And when they eventually find him, they say to him, everyone is looking for you. Jesus's reaction to this sense of urgency from Simon isn't to just go back into town and satisfy everyone's desire for his presence. Instead, he says to Simon, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Jesus's message and miracle of healing, it cannot be contained to just Capernaum. Jesus knows that in order for healing to be more, to be experienced more fully, he must personally have time alone to pray and to tend to his own spirit, but also his healing cannot be hoarded. It must be taken and shared throughout all of Galilee. There's no doubt in my mind that Jesus's decision to go on to the neighboring towns disappointed many in Capernaum. And we are in similar situations where our presence is being demanded of us. And it can be hard to say no, to draw boundaries for our own spiritual well-being, and to know when it's time to move on, even if it means disappointing others. But that's exactly what Jesus is able to do here. And as followers of Christ, we are being encouraged to do the same. Healing from the coronavirus, it will be one thing, but healing from the grief of our individual and collective loss is quite another thing. No doubt it will require showing up for one another and for ourselves, all the while trusting that even in our deepest grief and our sickness, God shows up for us with healing and wholeness. In America, we not only need healing from the losses of our present pandemic, but also our past as well. Tonight, we begin a series of conversations on reparations, conversations which will honestly name the losses of our black siblings and begin the process of dreaming of the possibility of restoring those losses so that we as a country can begin to heal and maybe even one day experience wholeness. As the starting point for our conversation tonight, we will be using an article by ta Coates, which is titled The Case for Reparations. In rereading Coates' article ahead of tonight's conversation, I was hit by wave after wave of losses that our black siblings have endured. 
from slavery to Jim Crow to predatory lending, there has never been a moment of reprieve from this system of exploitation and extraction of our black siblings. And in Coates's article, Chicago, our very own city is a case study for how the ending of slavery and the passing of civil rights legislation did not mean the full freedom for black people. He says, Chicago, like the country at large, embraced policies that placed black America's most energetic, ambitious and thrifty countrymen beyond the pale of society and marked them as rightful targets for legal theft. But in America, there isn't the political will for us to even investigate this history or even study reparations. The late John Conyers, a former congressman from Detroit, for over 25 years would mark every session of Congress by introducing a bill calling for a congressional study of slavery and its lingering effects, as well as recommendations for appropriate remedies. This bill is now called HR 40, the Commission to Study Reparation Proposals for African Americans Act. But it has never even made it to the House floor. Even though, as John Conyers has said, we study everything. We study the water, the air. We can't even study the issue. This bill does not authorize one red cent to anyone. Tanahasi Coates then summarizes to say, that HR 40 has never under either Democrats or Republicans made it to the House floor, suggests our concerns are rooted not in the impracticality of reparations, but in something more existential. If we conclude that the conditions in North Lawndale and Black America are not inexplicable, but are instead precisely what you'd expect of a community that has for centuries lived in America's crosshairs, then what are we to make of the world's oldest democracy? It's not just a question of how we make things right. It's a question of who we are as a people. And this is a scary thing for us to face, but it's necessary for us in order to heal. The problem, as Coates says, is that in America, there is a strange and powerful belief that if you stab a black person 10 times, the bleeding stops and the healing begins the moment the assailant drops the knife. We believe white dominance to be a fact of the inert past, a delinquent debt that can be made to disappear if only we don't look. The hard but hopeful antidote to this is outlined by Coates. What we need is an airing of family secrets, a settling with old ghosts. What is needed is a healing of the American psyche and a banishment of white guilt. Healing is hard, especially from centuries old wounds and sins, but we worship a God of healing one who shows up for us and shows us the way to show up for others and ourselves. Showing up for people experiencing deep grief due to COVID or showing up to talk about reparations, especially when the conversation gets complex or messy. It's how we heal. We might be running on empty at this point as we are deep into this pandemic or we might even feel powerless in the face of such long-standing evils of racism and segregation. But we are reminded today in Isaiah that God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. So dear people, as we comfort one another in our grief and interrogate our reality and try to repair the history that we inherit, let us trust that God will renew our strength and we will move forward towards the healthy and whole future that God is leading us into by mounting up with wings like eagles, by running and not growing weary, by walking and not fainting. Jesus's 
healing in our gospel, it could not be contained. And God's healing, too, will be experienced by all people. And on that day, not one will be missing. For as our psalmist proclaims, the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Even for those who are not healed in this age, God promises resurrection in the age to come. God's resurrection will bring us into this new day and age. But while we are still here in this age, God's hope and healing will show us the way to show up for one another and for ourselves. Amen. With the whole church, 
let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's power to heal, let us offer our prayers for all who are in need. We pray for the church's many ministries of healing, for hospital, hospice, and military chaplains, for those serving in prisons, camps, and institutions, and for bishops and pastors facing illness of which we are unaware. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. prayer. We pray for the health of the earth, for its myriad animals and their habitats, and for all created life that has been harmed by human misuse. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. We pray for the health of people around the globe, especially for the people of Ethiopia and India, for international health organizations, for local and national medical services, and for school officials and teachers facing the pandemic. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. We pray for wholeness in our nation, for the safety of our nation's elected leaders, for a halt to the pandemic, for health workers, for the prompt distribution of vaccines, and for all who today will die from the virus. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are sick and suffering, for those with chronic pain, for those experiencing despair, for infants born impaired and for the aged in decline, and for all whom we name in our hearts, in the chat feature, or by temporarily unmuting. For Abby Swike, who lost her dog. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. We pray for our congregation, for our ministries in the South Loop and in Lakeview, and for the many organizations with whom we partner. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. We praise you for Blessed Mary, Cyril, and Methodius, and all the faithful. And we pray that despite sickness and death, at our end we join with them to find our wholeness in you. God, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people, spoken or silent. For the sake of the one who dwells among us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. 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 I'd like to say a word of welcome to everyone once again here tonight at Holy Trinity. Just a few announcements for you. And I'd like to start off with just a cascade of thanks, really. Thank you for your continued generosity to our church, whether you donate online or you send checks. All of those are being received, and we are so grateful for your continued generosity to this church. We also want to thank you for your participation in the last three weeks of discernment conversations that we had. We also want to thank you for our, your participation in our annual meeting last week. Um, it was an amazing annual meeting, and if you haven't had a chance to see Bo's video um, of the collage of pictures from our church to a Katy Perry song, um, it's quite a treat. So I, I encourage you to check that out if you haven't seen it already. 
And finally, thank you for your participation in our anti-racism survey. Uh, our responses were just over 123. And so we are so grateful to have all of that data now to move forward with this anti-racism work here at Holy Trinity. As you may know, Lent is just a week and a half away now with Ash Wednesday being on February 17th. And your options uh, for Ash Wednesday are several. You can show up here to um, Grace Place to receive ashes in person. It's kind of a walk through ashes with a chance to pray here in the sanctuary from 11.30 to 12.30 or from 5.30 to 6.30 on Ash Wednesday. And then we'll also have uh, a Zoom service uh, for Ash Wednesday at 6.30 with Grace Place on, on Zoom, of course. And then during the season of Lent, if you are interested, we are going to once again do a book study with Holy Family Lutheran Church. This year, the book that we will be reading is a book by Reverend Heidi Newmark out of New York City, and her book is called Sanctuary, Being Christian in the Wake of Trump. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, there's a sign up and you can um, find that book online or at your local library. That's where I found mine was right here at the Harold Washington branch. And um, I encourage you to pick that up. If you have any trouble getting the book, let us know, and we can always try to assist you in that way. We also have other options throughout Lent. If a book study is not your cup of tea, we also have another option. And I'm going to actually turn it over now to our MIC seminarian, Taylor Walker, to explain another opportunity. Hi. Um, so as your MIC student, I am responsible for doing a project that is supposed to be contextual um, and helpful for anyone who needs it. And so. Uh, if you remember last year, Sarah and Reed um, did their projects. Reed made this beautiful quilt and Sarah made um, a song that everyone still sings. It's so lovely. So um, my project is not going to be in person, of course, because we can't do that. Um, but I, I wanted to respond to some of the need I've heard in the congregation of missing physical things, physical touch. And so my MIC project is going to be sort of like an advent calendar for Lent. So each week there will be a different object, uh, different uh, faith experiences that you can do with them, spiritual experiences. So if you're interested in that, there's a link that I can post in the chat eventually um, for you to sign up. Obviously it's free because it's church, but just let me know because I have to put them together um, and you can pick them up on Ash Wednesday uh, at the church, or if you feel weird about that, then we can figure something else out. Oh, it's dropped in the chat, thank you. All right. Thank you, Taylor. I am looking forward to that uh, project with you. And now I wanna actually turn it over to Bo, who is going to be letting us know a little bit about next week's reception hour, what we will be doing then. Thanks, Pastor Ben. So, um, one of the things that happens at Holy Trinity for the season of Lent is we usually change the setting of the liturgy that we sing or and change the some of the words that we speak to be more in keeping with the season. And this Lent is going to be a little special because we're going to use a new liturgy from the new um, ELCA hymnal supplement, All Creation Sings. There's a liturgy that's been designed for use in the evening for Holy Communion, for Eucharist, and there is a musical setting that goes with that that was um, part of it written by a local Chicago musician, Ann Prince Organ. And so next Saturday after church, we're going to learn a little bit of that music. You actually already sang some tonight in the Confession and Forgiveness. That Lord have mercy that we sang is from that setting of the liturgy. But we'll learn a bit about it, learn more about how our liturgy fits together during Lent and we'll get to sing together. So I hope you'll stay next Saturday after church for a look at Lenten worship and music. Thank you, Bo. And tonight's reception will also uh, be a special one. We are having, like I said in my sermon, a conversation about reparations that will be led by members of our anti-racism ministry. So I do encourage you to stick around after worship. Uh, we will be hearing um, some introductory uh, remarks from one of our members, Josh Brown, and then we will be um, kind of giving a little overview of what the smaller groups will look like. We'll divide up and then we'll have a time to come back together 
together in the large group. And so all of this, uh, I can promise you will be done by 6.30. We are going to um, keep to the time as best as possible. So um, I encourage you, please stick around for these important conversations. Today will be the first one, and then February 20th will be our next one. With all of those announcements, uh, we continue now with our Lord's Prayer. Trusting in God's tender motherly care, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you in your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And now I invite you back into our gallery view. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the word for our sharing of the peace. The peace of Christ be with you always. And, and also, also with, with you. Let us share a sign of that peace with one another. That's peace, everyone. Peace.